early days of the American frontier, people relied on steam engines to transport them through wild landscapes to spectacular new places. In this current era, we have something that allows for an even greater adventure, the search engine. So make sure you grab your ticket because we are going on a first class ride across the web. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to your favorite show, WGO. Rico, Rico, Rico. Play that back. Era, WGO, era. your favorite show. Era, era. <laughs> Holy shit. You know what I was trying to get at. Yeah, you guys already know the episode, right? Just off of that. Era, era. Oh, obviously. Yeah, they got it. They got it. Well, this episode, we're doing vinyl records. Shout out to Scott, our biggest fan, Woo. for suggesting this probably about a year ago and we are now getting to it (laughs) i think hear me out though i i want to say the reason why we said we took so long to do this number one we're terrible number two i think we weren't we trying to get him actually to record on our website the like microphone thing and it just like it was like four months of like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> that, that, and then we had suggested having him on the episode yeah. too. And then, and then things just didn't I pan out. I think he out. didn't have the actual audio stuff needed. Yeah. There was a bunch of shit. So we were trying for like six months. Then it didn't work out. And then. Well, I think we forgot Then about life it. happens. But here we are, finally on it for Scott, our number one Coming listener. Mm, bring it down. Vinyl Records. What a what a shout out. Vinyl Records. I have some. Honestly, I don't listen to it that often. Real talk. I just don't <laughs> like I have it. I put it on occasionally, but it's just uh it's a nice it's for show. Uh almost. Like I mean, I don't want it to be for show and it is like it's fun, it's cool, it's a unique piece of like history and it's cool to like have it. But at the same time, it's also low key kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, and then you only get to listen to one artist at a time, basically. Yeah, unless you want to keep switching them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's low key kind of a pain in the ass, and I can see why we're at streaming right now. Streaming is ideal. Streaming is key, or you have to just listen. That's why I was always so curious when you went on your little like vinyl record buying <laughs> binge. I'm like, do you even use this? Not super often. I think back then you used it more. Yeah, but. yeah, definitely. And now my vinyl record just sits next to my desk waiting to be played it is what it is and also like the funny thing is is that the records nowadays that you can like get or record players mind you the fucking speaker system that comes with it is so atrocious that you have to get like an aux and plug in some outside like stereo equipment oh really yeah yeah it's, it's not very great so doesn't that kind of ruin the idea of the music sounding better well, it's still it not going through like digital yeah i fucking i don't know but it it still plays you can hear the clicking a little bit of like needle that's being used and whatnot you can you still get a little bit of the like effects yeah but i don't don't really know it kind of seems like some hipster shit right now to be honest but it's cool and it's a cool piece of history so yeah this is why we're doing it so history yeah what questions we got about it obviously like how it works i think we have Mm. a good guess but i don't really understand the full mechanics of it needle in a groove right we've heard that all before mm. just a needle in a groove wiggling around but i don't get how the groove works that's what kind of weirds me out it seems like there's just like a little scratches inside of a piece of plastic and somehow it 
fucking rubs on it and creates a little noise. Hmm. Yeah, I've always wondered how it doesn't really wear out that much. Yeah. Because it's like it's a sharp metal pin that yeah. constantly is getting scraped against it. I don't know how that never really ruins it. Yeah, and it seems so and maybe it maybe it does. It could over time, I don't know. We'll have to we'll we'll figure it out here in a little bit. But I yeah, I feel like it would just get like broken over time. Or how the grooves have to be so Precise, Precise, I guess, in the record yeah. that like I feel like records could be damaged in so many different ways. I feel like it'd be so minimally like damaged, and it would just ruin everything. Mm-hmm. But I guess not. I don't know. It's so strange to me. I don't get it. I feel like there's so many printing machines and stuff like that that always have errors. That I'd imagine if you're doing anything machine based, there's got to be errors in it. Yeah. But I think I rem- I remember I did a bit of research, and I think most of vinyl records are are more handmade no and i would assume that's why they're kind of well they're 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 interacting with a person with each one it's not like it's on a conveyor belt okay. and it does the whole process by sure itself. that's ins- I, I was thinking you were saying that a fucking person that, is like they scratching at that no, sh- no. and i was like what are you talking about i <laughs> i was about to be very yeah upset. no that that is very different so no 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 you're all good you're all good yeah, I could, I could see that. And now they're just fucking floating all over the place, and I feel like people have them mainly for show People now. just try to get rid of them, too. Yeah. yeah. That is true. That is true. I mean, fuck. This whole collection of mine, you were there for the start of it. We went to an old farm auction, and inside the like barn or something like that, they just had these bins. Boxes and boxes yeah, of them. Of like, yeah. records. And when they started the bid, they were like, who wants this for like $20 a box or something like that? And no one did. And so it dropped all the way down to like a dollar a fucking box. And I was, yeah. and I hadn't purchased anything all day. And I really just wanted to purchase something. And I was like, a dollar a box for records? Like, I don't even have a record player, but fuck it. <laughs> I, I literally said, like, sure, I'll take one. Like, I think that's how it all started. And then I got some interesting records out of there, actually. I got some pretty cool ones. I got a, like a Michael Jackson thriller record. Which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, you kind of got can- Bill Cosby comedy one was interesting. Yeah, but it was a comedy record. Yeah, yeah, a Bill Cosby comedy one. I mean, he's kind of canceled nowadays, but yeah, it, it was interesting at the time. Interesting piece of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know any others that really like stuck out. I feel like and those two were kind of the big name ones. Everything else is just kind of random, but. Yeah, and now I just kind of purchase them off of the cover art, kind of like I did with CDs with you. CDs would be another good episode that we should do, I think. I think that'd mm. be kind of a fun one. Do you still buy that many CDs, vinyl records? Or no, no. Or, or CDs, yeah. I would say I have recently, like whichever one I've purchased more recent would be records. I think for my birthday, mm. I was trying to like decorate my room some more, and one thing I've really liked doing is like taking the old little like envelope thing that holds the record and like putting that up around my room we got some really cool ones and we were out shopping and chloe got me some that i could hang up and ones that i was pretty interested in like listening to and uh so yeah hung it up and then now i basically like live at chloe's place and like i'm never in my room so good purchase (laughs) (laughs) eventually you'll you'll yeah yeah eventually maybe i mean when i'm old and rich maybe i'll have like a record a record room that i just sit there and listen to probably not 
I'll probably just stream or whatever the fuck's next. You'll just have like ten different record players so that y- oh, you yeah. can switch between songs. Shuffling, it's like streaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do some crazy engineering shit where it's like a go-go gadget fucking gizmo that just like plays random fucking records and stuff. That'd be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I call it shuffle play. Holy shit! <laughs> it's almost like it exists already. <laughs> Or you could get one of those record player things that you used to see at old-timey bars, you know what I mean, where it had, like, fucking 100 oh, records yeah. in there. That would be really yep. fucking cool, actually. Mm-hmm. That would be fucking crazy. What a cool piece of history. Have you ever seen one in action? I feel like I've been to some old diners that had them. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. What, Ella's Deli? Did they have one of those? I don't know. That's why I'm trying to remember. I feel like they did. I feel like they did, too, because I feel like I don't know where else I would have seen it, but... There was one old 50s restaurant outside of Spring Garden hmm. that I went to that had it. Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. That was really good. And then they, like, brewed their own root beer as well. It was super oh, good. damn. A homemade root beer? That sounds like a Spice It Up episode, if you're asking me. I travel all the way <laughs> back to Wisconsin for it. <laughs> I was saying make homemade root beer. Oh. But that too, I drive all the way to fucking Wisconsin for a little spring, spring fucking garden root beer. I know is it's it not spring garden. It's spring, not spring green. Gr- spring green. Yeah, sorry. Spring garden. Yeah, I the, said it wrong. Sorry. No, no. I think yeah, I. That's the restaurant. I don't fucking know. I might have. Just I think I that. said it wrong as well. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, root beer. How do they make it? Where does it come from? <laughs> change up on that yeah episode. you didn't see it coming did you <laughs> most people wouldn't even be surprised honestly yeah They're like oh yeah that happens every yeah, time if you listen to start talking about something and then just left turn <laughs> i mean we're on fucking spring green goddamn root beer so like i mean <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of related there was yeah a, no i get it there was a jukebox it. I there it. i know i know it's just i the twists and turns of our conversation are fucking hilarious so Holy shit. Scott's just like, can you fucking hurry up and get to the vinyl shit, please? I've been waiting for a year. <laughs> well, you're going to have to wait for a year and 20 minutes. Yeah. Another year. Yeah. A year and tw- uh, an extra year and 20. We're not going to release it for another year. I think. Oh, <laughs> that'd be insane. Oh, a lot could happen in a year and 20. Holy moly. All right. So we have how kind of we think it works a little I don't think we have too much about history. And when did it start? I do have it written down, kind of. Kind of. I I have when vinyl was made. Oh, shit. I wasn't even thinking about it being used for anything other than music. Vinyl? What I I thought that was really interesting when I I looked at it. But this was so long ago that I don't remember that much besides a couple sentences. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Well, if it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of if it wasn't music, what else would it be used for? I don't know. I'm just thinking like military drills. You'd actually be very surprised. Really? (laughs) Maybe he was a lazy auctioneer who just didn't want to keep going for betting. So he just recorded himself saying, oh, one dollar, blah, 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 blah. And just (laughs) just would have that playing in the background. He'd point at like whose it is. (laughs) No, okay. Fuck it. Let's dive into it. Tell me that one. What you got? All right. Made in 1872 by German chemist Eugene Bowman. Mm-hmm. It's used for a number of different things because the vinyl is made from PVC, which is a type of plastic, yeah. and it is used in a number of different things like PVC pipes and construction, raincoats, umbrellas, fire protection for some clothing mm-hmm. and other things. It's used for 
the underbelly of cars and then also vinyl flooring. <laughs> I just have the idea of like putting a raincoat inside of your vinyl record player and it's playing something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing here that in 1877, Thomas Edison invented the first device that could record and reproduce sound, but it wasn't a flat disc. It was music cylinders. And then it transitioned from music cylinders to records by Emil Berliner in a few like decades. What the fuck is a music cylinder? It's for like the phonograph, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I just I don't think I've ever seen it. It's just kind of <laughs> it's a cylinder. That's so oh, weird. Right. So how does it? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, it's got like the little notches on it here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that actually. I've seen that. And then it's got. Yeah, it's pretty similar, honestly. Yeah, that is to to the record. I feel like it kind of is. Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't know. This thing has like a bunch of little like knocks and like bumps on it that like hits a little like piano looking like thing. I don't really know how the vinyl record works, but mm. I feel like that's very. I feel like that's. Oh yeah, different. I guess that is. Yeah. Fucking shit. I don't. I don't get it either way. I mean that that makes sense to me. I don't get how the fucking record player is working over here. All right, so I'm looking at the transition, I guess, to the phonograph record disc. Because I see how, like, the phonograph works now, but I don't know how... I don't know I'm getting a bunch of different, like, vinyl shit. But uh, it seems like it takes a long time before we actually even get to vinyl records itself. Yeah, I'm saying that the first vinyl records were in the 1930s, mm -hmm. and that was the first commercial long-playing record, which is... What LP actually stands for? I never knew that yeah, LP was long, long playing. playing. It's interesting that it's still used now, which I, it's, I feel like it doesn't really mean too much. I don't know. It, it's just a weird, I feel like thing of history that I feel like yeah, you still on. hear it in like music with like not even with records though. Like oh, like this artist has dropped an LP. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. But I guess the first iteration of that was some 12-inch diameter plastic disc, but it didn't really do that well because that came out right during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really start to pick up steam until they kind of redid their way of making it in just a different grooved record, and that was in 1948. And one thing that I want to throw out there, just a year before... In 1947, World War II descended a little bit ago. People were listening to music. I like this little story that they give. Music at their one five-minute song at a time. 78 RPM Shellac Records. S-H-E-L-L-A-C, Shellac. And shellac. Sh oh, fuck me. Shellac. And shellac is made from a female lac bug, which these tree-dwelling bugs secrete lac, which hardens and cakes onto a tree. And so they basically just scraped off this resin-like substance and dissolved it in bulk quantities and then reshaped them into discs. And that's what they used to make records off of. This is known mm -hmm. as like a natural plastic. I feel like I've heard of shellac as well. I don't know. Is that still popular for something? Yeah, I think it's like a finish to wood. Do we still use bugs or is it like <laughs> man-made thing now? I would assume it's, there's man-made version, but let's see what uh, so this is completely <laughs> not related to vinyl but that's how, that's how we i'm just reading about shellac a little bit and it's not used that much anymore just because there are 
other finishes that are kind of just easier to use sure. but a common use of it now is actually in edible things like sweets or to replace the natural wax coating on an apple that's removed during the cleaning process so he put fucking shellac on there for people to eat yeah Yep. That's fucking weird. Is that what gives it that crisp, like, <laughs> like when you bite into it? I think so. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so fucking much. Hmm. I don't know how common that is, though. No, it's, it's common. It's just saying that's that's a use of it. I don't know actually how common it is in the industry. Anyway, yeah, shellac, not really used that much anymore. All right. So I am seeing that shellac is used for a brief period of time like the first half of the 20th century as the main material used inside of discs before vinyl is created. But the problem is with this that it could only play, I believe, at 78 rotations per minute due to the groove-cutting technical capabilities. So I think that like if you went too fast, it would burn the discs, essentially. Or if you had like a smaller disc or something like that, it would damage it. Yeah, I guess adding on to that, there's been a number of different rotation speeds that they've been recorded at over time, Mm -hmm. and that's been replacing the types of records and the machines actually using them because they're recorded at a certain speed, so it looks like they need to actually be distinguished when playing, and earlier that was just kind of determined by the technology that they had, but then eventually the old 78s, as they were called, were replaced by... 33s, which was the format developed by Columbia Records, Hmm. but their big competitor was RCA Victor, and they developed 45 RPM format, and I I guess they kind of each developed their own niche, and the 33s were for longer form musical albums, while the 45s were used for shorter duration discs, which contained one song per each side. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying right here, too. Just to bring it back one last time to the 78s. Before 1925, just like the means of recording seemed pretty interesting. The artist had to sing or speak into a horn, and the power of their voice directly vibrated the recording stylus and then cut the wax of the master disc. And collectors call these master discs, I believe, acoustic records. I feel like we need a fucking expert on here. I would love just to be like, can you explain this in layman's terms? Can you help us out? Because there's a cutting process inside of the acoustic era, 1877 to 1925. So when like speaking into this giant horn at its tapered end, it's connected to the cutting stylus. So the vibrations of the air (laughs) makes the stylus cut in a spiral groove into the wax coating of the disc. And it's rotated steadily by means of a crank. So, like, I think someone's fucking cranking this while someone's singing, and it's, like, cutting into the fucking record. And depending on the way that the stylus is moved in frequency, it can be cut in a hill and dale fashion or a vertical cut recording or side-by-side, which is a lateral cut recording. I don't understand how the fuck, if you sing into a horn and then crank a piece of fucking wax in a circle, how you can connect it to a needle and somehow put the two together and then it makes And, like, get words music. and music out of it. What do you yeah. mean? Like, that doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> All right, so 
the different types of like cuts while recording hill and dale which is the vertical cut applies to which both recording and playback the stylus moves up and down in the spiral groove of the disc the difference between that and a vertical cut is that the vertical cut uses variations in depth of the spiral groove so i think how like fucking deep it goes into the cut and then lateral is kind of what you can imagine is side to side i don't fucking get it though dude it looks like that process improved a little bit in the 1950s is when they started using tapes to start recording the master discs that you were talking yeah. about. So they'd have the ability to actually edit and process the audio that they were putting onto the master disc okay. a little bit starting then. I'm just thinking about like the crank fucking method thing. I don't know if it's somehow – like it couldn't – I said it was done by hand. Is that I, even, I don't think it is. Yeah, I was going to say, is that even possible? Because like, you'd have to like steadily like hold that crank at a very consistent speed. <laughs> oh, I guess maybe, because I'm seeing that in 1925, the 78.26 RPM was chosen as the standard because of the introduction of electronically powered synchronous turntable motor. So that motor went at a certain speed, yes. which made it come out at 78.26 rpm but i think that means before then that it wasn't used like that it was hand done i don't know i would assume so that's what i was getting from it is that it was a hand fucking crank but then how do you know how would they fucking get that you have to you just have to hold it at 45 fucking cranks a minute I'm seeing that most records recorded between 1900 and 1925, they varied widely, but were recorded between 74 and 82 RPM. Oh, yeah, there's a range. But it doesn't say how. I think it's a crank, dude. I think people literally were like, all right, this is about that speed. Maybe they had some sort of like metronome in the fucking back or something where they're like, yeah. memorize that shit. And you're just fucking cranking to like as close that's to like that your as job. possible. Yeah. Keep cranking it. Because I remember he wow. hearing about that range thing that they normally came out. And I was confused as to like, I was like, why wouldn't it be the same thing? But unless it's manually done, that's fucking insane, dude. <laughs> oh my God. What a crazy piece of fucking history as well. Jesus. And then the actual motor thing came out, so it actually would be like, all right, yeah, we're going to just do this. It'll be the same every fucking time, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> do we have any other good things about the history? Or should we talk about how it's made now? Or how it works? One thing, actually, before we bounce to that, I'm fucking answering my mm -hmm. thing, is that I was seeing here that back in the day, because of this like method, it was hard to mass produce the record. How did they fix that? How do they get to the point where they could start mass producing it? Like, what machine does that for them? I would assume it's just being able to have that motor actually turn it at a constant speed by itself. I feel like that would require a lot less overwatch from an employee, and you could probably have a, a number of ones going at the same time yeah. or something. It's so crazy to me that people that are, like, collectors of these discs can, like, listen to it and tell what type of cut the record made in isn't that insane <laughs> that is crazy like i'm seeing here that after 1925 these 78s were recorded by an artist singing into a microphone and amplifier then it was cut into the master record and this allowed for a wider range of sounds to be recorded but this process is known as an electrical recording and collectors and trained ears can identify these discs just by listening to it or by means of certain small marks in the record surface close to the label. 
that's not a real record. <laughs> we got to get that pre-1925. <laughs> All right, I'm kind of... we. I, I think I'm starting to get it. Like, I don't know. They're cutting into this fucking piece of plastic through some sort of means of, like, vibrational bullshit screaming into a horn and somehow it's like i don't know it, you, you've taped like a feather onto a fucking needle and it's it's like jiggling around due to vibrations i guess and cutting into the wax while another person fucking cranks it in a circle at a certain speed like is this real this doesn't sound re- like you know what i mean like this sounds made up like this doesn't sound this doesn't sound possible at all <laughs> Like, this doesn't... I don't believe this, actually. It's all a conspiracy. Vinyl records aren't real. Oh, my fuck. But I think I'm just going to fucking bounce on over to how they work. I guess just from that, I'll talk a little bit about the... You mentioned that it was shellac originally, but then it was eventually transferred into the vinyl that we know today Mm -hmm. so back then they were just records not vinyl records and that changed just due to the old shellac version being a bit more brittle and therefore more easily broken and then heavier than the vinyl records and then with the war at the time it ended up having limited availability for shellac so just kind of naturally shifted towards being made out of the new vinyl material instead of, I guess not new material, but the alternate material of vinyl instead of shellac. That is pretty cool. How cool would it be to have a shellac fucking record? That would actually be kind of fucking cool. Mm. Pre, like, what? Would you play it, though? Would you be worried about breaking it? I I (laughs) Especially being that old? For, like, special cases, maybe. I don't know. You just have to treat it so fucking well. Research how to take care of shellac. (laughs) Don't eat it. <laughs> it's so tasty, though. All right, so I'm learning a little bit. One thing that I kind of like is that the cut into the disc of the vinyl record, that specific cut's called the fingerprint of the disc. Oh, God. Holy shit. So the fucking record is put onto the vinyl player. We're just using vinyl for now, not just any record. And this device is designed to turn the record at a constant speed depending on what the diameter of the record is because the diameter of the record is going to determine what the speed was of the initial recording. This starts the speed off at a constant rate and then that stylus that everyone knows where the little needle is connected that arm bar is lowered down onto the edge of the record, and as it starts spinning, it like slowly moves inward due to I think like a little maybe angle on the outside or something. But once the stylus moves inside of the grooves, or AKA the fingerprints of the discs, it begins to bounce up and down gently due to the cut inside of the vinyl. When this happens, it's not actually the needle. It's the arm of the needle that is a very lightweight metal bar that's attached to the stylus and is also attached to the cartridge. This arm picks up the vibrations from the stylus bouncing up and down and conducts this mechanical energy into electrical energy via the cartridge. And the cartridge, what's inside of it, is a piezoelectric crystal or magnet 
and some electrical coils that somehow transform these vibrations received as mechanical energy into <laughs> electrical energy. And then that electrical energy is transferred to an amplifier and then translated into sound. What? <laughs> I feel like I had to until the end there. I don't know. This little cartridge thing just accepts these vibrations and just turns them from mechanical to electrical energy and then sent out. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't get this very much. <laughs> this is just so, I feel like just the common person does not fucking deal with like energy transfer or conversion enough to like fully understand what's all going on here. But basically, the gentle bouncing up and down is basically what creates mechanical energy. And that somehow converted to electrical energy translates into music. So I guess after that recording process is done, to actually make further records from the master disc, at least the process now, is by first washing the master disc and then spraying it with tin chloride and liquid silver. And then any of that that doesn't stick is washed away. Hmm. And then it's dunked into a liquid tank with dissolved nickel and it's fused to the silver by an electrical charge. So it basically fills in all of the grooves that are cut out of the master disc and then with those set in place, you can remove that, and then that's used as a stamp to oh. actually make all of the other records. That's fucking cool. And so you, you just have to record one, and then they just stamp yeah, in now it's for just fucking the rest boosh, of them. Boosh, boosh, just squeezing them out. Yeah. That's fucking tight. You should watch a video on how the pressing is actually done. It's pretty cool. It's The actual vinyl material doesn't look anything like you think it would. It's just like this hockey puck shaped thing but it's like basically just a spiral of smaller thinner i guess softer plastic interesting and then it's it's kind of smushed together to do you have a video to make that if you have one just send it on over and i'll uh, i'll take a gander we'll include the video and shit in the description below another thing that we had a quick question on is that does the needle actually damage the vinyl and it looks like bad needles can definitely damage your vinyl over time and i'm sure if you play it an ungodly amount that it'll definitely do that because like if the needle goes a little bit nubby i guess there's a very fine point on it it'll actually widen the grooves to the desk and attract a little bit more Mm. dust and debris inside of it and that'll kind of not destroy it but it'll alter the sound of the record that you're like hearing um, do you have to sharpen your I th- little thing i think the needle is something that you actually just replace i don't think you sharpen it yeah i wonder what that needle tip is though if there's anything specific this is saying that most of the stylus are made from industrial diamonds or sapphire is that for actual user use? I know that's what's used for recording the master disc, but is that what's also used to play it? It kind of looks like they are diamonds. That if it's a nude needle, it is an entirely diamond tip. And that if it's tipped option, it's got something else on it. But there's also others that now have like ceramic needles, plastic needles. But I think back in the day, a diamond was the common thing. Well, brother, 
You got anything else on these vinyl records? I think that's all I got. Aside from, it looks like in the early 2010s, vinyl records started getting popular again. Although a lot of people don't really, it seems like no one really knows why, aside from just kind of going back to the old days and I Mm. guess some more indie bands getting popular and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But in, in 2008 was the first year since 1984 that LP sales actually increased. Um, and that year they increased 89%. So wow. they jumped up a lot. And a then jump. they've been steadily rising since then. So vinyl records are coming back. They're big business now. They're coming back. Everybody start making your own record. Put it out only on vinyl. You will do well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's the most popular music, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's gonna have record players in their house. Ten years. Just, I mean, I've got it. Wait, because you know oh, I'm a starting. bougie bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Vinyl records, Scott. Once again, sorry it took so long. We hope you enjoyed. We hope all of you guys enjoyed. And uh, like we said before, we'll have some links here in the description if you want some more detailed explanations. If anybody is like an expert on vinyl records, would love to hear from you. And that's WGO. Much love. Over and out. Are we done yet? Oh, we are. All right. Thanks for listening to What's Going On. If you have any questions that you want partially answered, write them in to what's going on the pod at gmail.com. No spaces, no apostrophes, no excuses. One more time. That's what's going on the pod at gmail.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. Please rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Thank you.